Welcome to the MedCorp Podcast Network. This is Carrie Stevens, Chief Editor of 24-7, and I'm here with Danielle McGarry, Amy's first Vice President of HGM. Um, Danielle is just someone I have so much respect and admiration for, and I am so excited to talk to her and just learn kind of what Amy's doing, how she got into the field, and yeah, so let's start. Danielle, can you talk about how you got into HGM? Sure. First and foremost, thank you so much for having me today. I'm so happy to be here. Um, and, you know, we love our friends at 24 by 7. So, you know, thanks for all collaborating with us and working together. Um, but yeah, so my name is Danielle McGeary and I'm Amy's Vice President of Healthcare Technology Management. Um, I started in the field a little, a little over 10 years ago now. And um, I was a student at the University of Connecticut majoring in biomedical engineering. Um, I always had an interest in healthcare. My mom was an ER nurse growing up, but I knew from all the stories I heard from her that I didn't want hands-on patient care. So I decided to go into biomedical engineering, um, not really knowing you know, what I wanted to do afterwards. During my junior and senior year in college, uh, I started to think, you know, hey, I really don't want to be in research and development or in a lab. So I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. I'm very extroverted. So I didn't want a job where I was sitting at a desk all day. And one afternoon, we had a presentation in one of our classes by a man named Frank Painter talking about the graduate program at UConn in clinical engineering. And when I heard that you could work on the front lines of healthcare as an engineer right alongside doctors and nurses. Um, I just knew that's what I wanted to do. So I applied, I got in, I ended up doing my graduate assistantship at Hartford Hospital, stayed there for six years. They were just wonderful. I mean, I wouldn't be where I was if it wasn't for that whole team at Hartford Hospital, um, investing in my development, letting me lead projects, just really trusting me. And then um, I went over to the VA where I ran the clinical engineering department for the VA Boston Healthcare System, which is about five hospitals and many clinics um, throughout the state of Massachusetts for five years. And then I did a short stint at Aramark as a district manager when they still had their HTM services. They're now part of TriMedics, but at the time when I worked for them, it was Aramark. And I was a district manager. Um, over the Northeast. So I had a territory from, you know, Maine down to um, New Jersey and out as West as Buffalo, New York, and oversaw about 40 accounts and about 200 people in my chain of command. So it's been a whirlwind and That's really a lot. rewarding. Yeah. And um, I've, I can't imagine doing anything else. I mean, and it's amazing. And I will say, so HGM is typically a male-dominated field. I mean, in our recent salary survey, I think we've said about 10 or 9 to 10% of respondents were women. Um, and as a woman, have you ever experienced any adversity in this field because it is so male-dominated? Yeah, that's a great question. So, you know, first and foremost, Amy also did a demographic survey last um, winter, and we also found that 10% of the HTM population is women. So, you know, it's really interesting because throughout my career, I really have been, um, I haven't really worked with a lot of women. Um, when I worked at Hartford Hospital, right. I was the only woman in the shop for the whole six years I was there. And I wow. think there was a disparity uh, between, you know, men and women in the field. But I guess I didn't realize it was the magnitude of 90% to 10%. That's really large. Um, as for adversity, you know, I have to say that I felt really fortunate that everywhere I've worked, especially when I was at Hartford Hospital Learning, everyone was just so excited to have someone young and new in the department that, 
you know, they really invested in my training. All the technicians were like, you know, come shadow me regardless of what modality they were working on. Like I really felt that I got such a great experience. And, um, and I know it hasn't been that way for everyone. So I don't want to dismiss that topic. Um, you know, really only the small things that I've experienced being a female um, in a male dominated field was I remember one time I, I got a call um, up to an ICU floor for a patient monitor that wasn't working. And I got up there and a physician was like, um, he said something like, sweetie, you know, I'm just waiting for the engineer. We don't need another nurse. And I said, well, I, I am the engineer. I am the clinical engineer. And he just kind of stared at me and said, well, um, you don't look like an engineer. And I remember saying to him back, well, what do engineers look like? You know, and he really didn't have an right. answer. So, you know, I don't, you know, but other than that, just small things, I think, you know, nursing is a male, do- uh, excuse me, a female dominated field. So people see a female on the floor, they probably automatically think you're a nurse. So, um, but other than that, you know, I've just felt really fortunate that, you know, I've worked with a lot of great men throughout my career and I wouldn't be here without them because they ultimately trained me and, um, I wouldn't know what I know if it wasn't for their mentorship. That's amazing. And I will say one of the things that I personally been so impressed with is Amy's role promoting women in the field. Currently the new president of Amy is a woman, Pamela Rora. And I just think the fact that you two are in these positions sends such a strong, positive message and will really encourage more women to go into the field and to realize that, you know, even though maybe predominantly it has been male dominated, that that can change and that women can bring so much to the field. And I just have the utmost respect for the both of you and think it's amazing. Um, so in that, can you talk more about your role at Amy and what you do? Absolutely. So at Amy, obviously Amy is very large. We do much more than HTM. And I didn't realize that until I took the position here because I think the HTM field, you know, our conference is really geared towards HTM professionals. And, you know, when you go there, there's a lot of HTM professionals seeing others, you know, but we have, we do so much more. We have over 400 standards that we develop. Obviously I'm not as involved with that and that's not my area of expertise, but yeah, I was brought on as Amy's first vice president of HTM. And basically we have three core initiatives at Amy for us for strategic goals. And one is to increase the pipeline of HTM professionals by spreading awareness about the occupation. The second is to elevate the HTM profession. So having, you know, the C-suite hospital leadership really understand the value that we bring to hospitals. Um, We're not, you know, just break fix shops anymore. We do so much more. Right. And um, also to help standardize the field. So we've done a lot of work with standards, but also we've done a lot of work with white papers, um, putting out different types of guidance because, you know, the more standardized we are, the better we can elevate the field and the better we can promote the field as well. So, you know, everything we do at Amy falls into one of those three buckets and some projects fall into multiple of those buckets too. Yeah. And one of the things you are instrumental with is this HTM in a box. Can you talk more about that and just what exactly it is and what it's doing? Absolutely. So, part of what I did when I first came on at Amy was really, you know, kind of listen to the field. I did kind of a talking tour. I probably called over a hundred HTM professionals that were active with Amy kind of really listened to their challenges. And the number one challenge that everyone expressed was hiring, not being able to fill their vacant positions with qualified people. So obviously, you know, and 
part of that demographic survey that we did, we also realized that 65% of the field is over the age of 55. So we're going to have a mass exodus of people in the next 10 to 15 years. And a lot of those folks retiring are long-term managers or senior BMATs. So you're not just losing a body, you're losing a lot of historical knowledge. And as we're bringing new people in, um, we need to make sure that we're training them properly. And because people don't know we're a field, the HTM, the two-year academic programs are also struggling. This year alone, we've seen another nine two-year programs close their doors due to lack of enrollment, which is really scary. Right. And now there's 19 states in the United States that don't have an HTM academic program at all. So part of what we really need to do is spread awareness about the field. And that's everyone's role in the field. You know, I'm one person. I can't get to every high school or Girl Scout or Boy Scout troop in the country. So what we wanted to do to kind of align with our strategic goals, one with standardization and two with promoting the field, was to create a standardized presentation that everyone can use. So HTM in a box is a Prezi presentation um, that has three presentations embedded within it. One for middle schoolers, one for high schoolers, and one for, you know, college um, and adult career changers to really educate people about the field. Um, everything we say throughout the three presentations is the same, but how we convey it is different. So that way, what we've done is when I was talking to a lot of HTM professionals, one of the things they said was, you know, we don't really have time to make this beautiful presentation you know, you kind of go there and you, you know, it's kind of lackluster. So we thought if we made this really nice presentation, one, everyone's saying a consistent message. And we've also taken away the work that it takes to create a presentation. So now all people have to do is contact their local high school, their local science club, their local Girl Scout or Boy Scout troop and say, hey, you know, I want to come give and educate your students about HTM. And there's so much more with HTM in a box. We have a list of all of the two-year um, HTM academic programs, the four-year programs, and the graduate programs um, by state on that site. We also have um, a script. So if you're not uh, comfortable, just call cold calling a school or cold emailing a school. We have a script you can literally cut and paste. Um, that talks about the occupation awesome. and asks for, um, you know, an opportunity to present. We also have talking points for the presentation. And we also have two career brochures on the site, one for um, probably a high school age students and older, and then a younger one um, for children that kind of talks about HTM as being machine doctors, something that, you know, younger children can relate to. And it, re and it also correlates with that middle school presentation if they're going to be doing it. So yeah, if you want to check it out, it's amy.org forward slash HTM in a box. It is free. You don't have to be a member. Um, it's free to everyone. So please share it widely. And again, I think, you know, really the call to action is we all have to do this together. Um, the more people we're out presenting to, the more we can spread awareness. And we want to keep the existing two-year programs open. So we need to, you know, it also helps support the educators. You know, they have a tool to use when they go out and promote their two-year programs. And yeah, we don't want to see any more schools closed because we really need them. I think that's wonderful and just such an innovative approach to it. And another thing y'all are doing that's I think is extremely innovative is the apprenticeship program that Amy is spearheading. Can you talk about that? Yeah, absolutely. So 
We're really excited about the apprenticeship. And first and foremost, we want to thank Maggie Berkey. I don't know if you've talked to her, but she, um, we do the HTM Gator Tank. It's kind of a spinoff of the Shark Tank every year at our conference. And Maggie came in and pitched this apprenticeship um, suggestion, much like, you know, plumbers or electricians. It's based on the same premise, but for HTM professionals, because, you know, we Amy supports education. We support the two-year academic programs. We meet with the educators of uh, four times a year to help them. But we also knew that there was a need um, beyond just the two-year academic programs because right now 19 states don't have a two-year biomedical technology program. And also there are many people that just don't have the means to go to college, whether it's financially, whether it's for personal reasons. Um, and we really wanted a mechanism to ensure um, that anyone could become a BMAT. And with the two-year apprenticeship, now everyone can. So that helps increase diversity in the field. Um, and it also can increase the pipeline. And because it's an apprenticeship and it's a, a standardized program, we're standardizing the training and ensuring everyone is trained consistently into a minimum competency. So it's a two-year program. It is registered through the Department of Labor nationally. So if anyone wants to get involved, they can reach out to me. Um, you don't register with your states. It's a national program. And it's a two-year program. So basically, um, employers partner with us. Uh, we vet them. Um, and then once they've partnered, they go out and hire an apprentice like they would any other employee. They're their employees. So, and then the apprentice works for two years, 40 hours a week. And there's also 144 hours of instruction, like classroom instruction and certifications um, that they will achieve um, in addition to that. And that um, additional instructions and certifications also have to be employer paid. So it's a bit of an investment from the employer, but, you know, we did this out the other day and there's a lot of free resources like webinars, um, through Amy, through 24 by 7, um, that you can do it relatively cheap. Um, you know, I think the minimum cost was like $2,700 if you just did it um, with like the minimal cost, the two college courses, the certifications. Um, so it's not that expensive. And again, depending on your budget, you can send them to service schools if you want, if you have that kind of money. So you can really make it your own. And it's really great because you're really getting someone who's green, uh, so you're hiring them green and then you're training them to your organization's culture on your specific equipment with your tools. So there's no retraining and you're really taking someone and making them a good fit for your organization. So, you know, that's um, cost savings right there. And also 98% of apprentices stay at the organization where they do their apprenticeship because they feel indebted to the organization for investing all this time, money, and resources into their development. So it is great. And at the end of the two-year program, they get an official certificate, kind of similar to a college diploma um, issued by the U.S. Department of Labor and from Amy. So when you go through our program, you know, we're signing off that they meet a minimum competency level, which is awesome. And yeah, and we've also scaled that mountain of paperwork for all the employers. They don't have to do any work with the Department of Labor. If they want to do this, they just reach out to me. I send them some forms that they sign. So it's really easy to get involved and sign up. And there's no cost um, to partner with us at all. We're not here to make a profit. We just want to create a pipeline. It's such a good idea. I mean, it is something that 24-7 is seen in our salary sur survey every year, just 
the exodus of the field. And I know every year we ask people like what keeps you up at night and um, other than cybersecurity, I would say that the aging out of the field seems to be the number one. People are saying, you know, we have all this need and who's going to do this job? Because even though a lot of people like you talked about have never heard of the biomed field, it's so instrumental. And, you know, people go to the hospital just assuming their their equipment is going to function properly. But it's really the HTM professionals behind the scene that ensure that happens. And it's just it's such an important field. And you know, what Amy's doing with the apprenticeship and the HTML in a box are such good ideas to solve this problem. And I, you know, we, we've talked about that. Um, we've talked about it extensively at 24 seven. We just really appreciate that. And because yeah, they need more people. And, um, and, and like you said, the lack of awareness, just understanding that this is a good field and why they should get into it. So to close um, the Amy, Expo or the Amy um, Exchange is happening in June after having a two-year hiatus or three-year hiatus. We've been had it since 2019 due to COVID. Why should people attend and what is exciting that's going to happen there this year? Yes. So we are so excited, first and foremost, to be back in person. Um, The Amy Exchange this year will be June 3rd through the 6th in San Antonio, Texas, right by the Riverwalk. It's just a great networking event for all HTM professionals. We have a lot of exciting stuff going on. Um, Herman McKenzie from the Joint Commission is going to be one of our keynote speakers. He'll be answering all of your questions um, that you can submit ahead of time. It's a great way to meet people. We have tracks in almost every HTM facet that you can think of, you know, cybersecurity, AI, VR, um, emergency management. Um, we're also doing a few small service schools, like we're doing a contrast injector training this year. We have an AI um, expo floor um, this year. And then we have our whole vendor floor as well, where you can meet with all of, you know, your, your preferred vendors, meet new ones. Um, And we just do so many different things um, throughout. Um, We're also planning um, a trip to a local hospital um, for people that want to see a state-of-the-art HTM department. Um, We're also planning a high school event there to help promote the pipeline that hopefully will get a lot of local um, students from San Antonio. And it's just great education. If if you need uh, CEUs to maintain your certification, you can basically get them all there. Um, it's great to network and meet new people and just learn. And it's just, you know, it's it's just a great event. I mean, even before I came to Amy, I always looked forward to the Amy conference every year. It was just such a great way to get together um, and see other colleagues in the field, share best practices, talk about challenges. And, um, and yeah, so uh, hopefully we'll see a lot of you in San Antonio. And where can people find you or um, if they have an interest in the apprenticeship program, how can they reach out to you? Absolutely. So we have a lot of information on our website for the apprenticeship program. It's amy.org forward slash BMAT apprenticeship, or anyone can email me at htm at amy.org. And then for the Amy exchange, if you just go to our homepage at amy.org under events, um, it's the first thing that's there is our um, Amy exchange. So you can definitely learn more about that. Um, if people are looking to go, um, we still have our early bird pricing through April. So that's definitely a reason to register early if you'd like. Um, 
And we're just so excited to finally be back together. It's been two years of being remote. So it'll just be so nice to see people in person, be able to do education in person and, you know, just be back together. I know I'm so excited because the virtual conferences were great. And Amy did a really good job last year, you know, changing it to a virtual content because of COVID, but it's, it, there's nothing like meeting in person. So I'm so excited. And I hope everyone listening to this in the HTM field goes to the Amy show, because I will say there's nothing like it from an education standpoint and just bringing the industry together. Amy's so great at that. And yeah, y'all need to go to Amy. I will be there. Danielle will be there and we'd love to meet with you. So thank you. Thank you, Danielle. Thanks, Carrie. It was a pleasure being here today.